West Side for being such a, a strong uh, giver to the cooperative program. One of the things that makes Southern Baptist unique and some of the ways that allow us to do some of the things that we do, like college ministry, like uh, anti-abortion ministry, like uh, our seminaries as Merrick has been gone uh, doing, doing seminary. Uh, our cooperative program dollars, uh, together we can do more than we can individually. So thank you for how uh, you give to the cooperative program and how you give locally and how you serve and partner uh, with ministry. I don't know where you are. We're just over halfway through this first month. Uh, I don't know if you're a resolution maker when it comes to a new year or if you maybe sit down and process some, some goals for the new year that you might have and how long those might last. And you might have, uh, my wife and I, we have uh, you know, for ourselves uh, a word, like a theme word that we really kind of want to focus on. And, and I have my word for the year that I, I really want to daily focus on and really try to live out and strive towards. I don't know where you are when it comes to making resolutions or making goals for yourself or even having a theme, but this morning I want to share with you uh, five words to practice from Colossians 3. If you're a note taker, I notice there's a, a whole sheet of paper in your uh, worship guide, in your bulletin. You don't need all that much. In fact, we're only going to be looking at five words. Collectively, that's only 15 letters. So this should be pretty easy for all of us today. Uh, five words that we uh, can practice from Colossians 3. Uh, it's very practical. However, it's not all that easy. And those five words are seek, set, put, put, do. Seek, set, put, put, do. Seek, set, put, put. You know, if you say it, you say all five words together, it sounds like one awesome word. Seek, set, put, put, do. That's what we're going to do. Seek, set, put, put, do. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Seek the things that are above. Set our minds on the things of the Lord. Put to death that which belongs to our earthly nature. Put on the characteristics of Christ and do everything for the glory of the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, we are going to be in Colossians 3, the first 17 verses. One of Paul's prison epistles written to the church there at Colossae. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. It's going to be on the screen. However, I know the font might be a bit small, and that's fine. Uh, the main reason that it is on the screen is so that you can see our five key words and where they fall in Scripture. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, rage, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, 
circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's, let's talk through and unpack these five words and the implications that they might have for us. If you have been raised with Christ, if then you have been raised with Christ, verse 1. Some versions use the word since. He's talking to the church, so assuming that or presupposing that the majority of his audience is a Christ follower, this letter is for them. This letter is for the Christian. We want to hope that this is our audience today, but, but we can't assume. Uh, today's scripture is those who have been raised with Christ, uh, consciously come to a point by faith and repentance, having embraced Christ as Savior. In fact, it's, it's so significant that we saw an image of this in baptism this morning, raised to walk in a newness of life, is what Merrick said. To be raised with Christ means to have entered a relationship with Him. It's our salvation. We see a picture of this in baptism this morning, and, and even uh, looking back further in church history, uh, I learned that, that one of the practices was uh, when the person being baptized uh, was going under, they had uh, an outer garment that was filthy, and under the water they shed that dirty garment and came up uh, representing the, the, the new life that they have in Christ. So this is, this is who we're, we're, we're talking to this morning. So... Christ's followers, since this is who you are, since you have been raised with Christ, seek. Seek the things that are above. Seeking doesn't happen haphazardly. Seeking requires intentionality. Seeking requires discipline. Seeking requires resolve and a conscious effort. And what are we as Christ's followers seeking? We are seeking, we are seeking the things of the Lord. We're not... Hopefully, we're not just drifting around mindlessly with no direction, uh, but we are active in seeking the things of the Lord. We're active in seeking the truth of the Word. We are active in seeking the transformation that comes by the Holy Spirit uh, for the glory of God. Question, what is it that you are seeking? What are you seeking? Are you seeking some kind of prestige here on this earth? Are you seeking some kind of uh, platform? Are you seeking some kind of image on social media? Are you seeking money? Are you seeking to climb the corporate ladder? Or are you seeking the things that are above? Seek. Set. Set your minds, verse 2, set your minds on things that are above. Set your minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. Set our minds on the things of the Lord. 
I am a believer that the things that we set our minds on will affect the attitude of our heart, which will dictate the way we live our life. Uh, if you want to alliterate it, the things that we allow into our head will affect our heart, which will be determined in our hands, how we live. This idea of uh, what is it that we're setting our minds on? What are we allowing to enter into our minds? Because that's going to affect the attitude of our heart. It's going to affect our character. And as our character is affected by what we set our minds on, that's how we're going to live our, our life. And so uh, hopefully we are setting our minds on the things of the Lord. We are posturing our, our lives around disciplines that would, that would encourage us to, to be in God's Word and be taught God's Word so that the attitude of our heart would be transformed to the likeness of Christ as seen in God's Word and that we would live in obedience, that we would live uh, the, the, the Word of God. Uh, when I was at Louisiana Tech, go dogs, I had a, uh, I had a student, and uh, this student, he struggled significantly with some pretty significant sin issues. And so he asked me to disciple him and to walk with him through this season of life. And so uh, I did. And as I got to know him a little bit better uh, in some of his habits, he was, he was one who loved, loved, loved all things uh, media, specifically movies. He loved uh, the specific genre of horror movies. And so he would watch over and over and over, uh, filling his mind with these, uh, these images and these scenes of all this horror. But then he would, he would spend time with the Lord in the Word. But he would continue to walk in these sinful patterns. I'm like, do you not understand that, that the things that you're exposing your mind to is affecting your heart and it's determining the way you live? And he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing what these movies are doing. I'm like, not necessarily, but you're filling your mind with evil. And the attitude of your heart is being transformed by this evil you're filling your mind with, and you're, you're walking in evil. And he never understood the correlation between the things he's filling his mind with to the way it affects his heart, to the way he's living his life. So my question for you, what are you setting your minds on? Are you experiencing daily time with the Lord, both in the Word and in prayer? Daily, meaning consistently. We're not being legalistic about it, but are you consistently posturing your, your, your life and your heart around time with the Lord? Not just some religiosity checkbox of, well, I, you know, I spent time doing my devotion or having my quiet time. No, we want to posture our heart to fellowship and commune with the Lord, specifically in His Word to us and our Word to Him in prayer. It's the rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. We take in God's Word and we breathe out God's Word back to Him in prayer. So we're praying according to Scripture. So question for you, uh, what does your daily time with the Lord in the Word and prayer look like? And this assumes that you are experiencing daily time with the Lord in the Word and prayer. Why do you posture your, your life around these disciplines? Why? Is it so that you can check it off a legalistic box or so that you can commune with the Father, so that you can grow in Christ-likeness, so that you can grow in holiness, so that you can set your minds on that which is of the Lord? Can you pinpoint and articulate how you have grown as a result of that? And do you have someone holding you accountable to those things so that we will, as Christ's followers, navigating the culture in which we live, 
uh, doing so, setting our minds on the things of the Lord, so that our heart will be set on the things of the Lord, so that we will walk in a way that is uh, consistent with the Lord. You know, we're, we're talking about these things, well, set your mind on the Lord and put to death earthly nature. A lot of times that sounds uh, pretty restricting and strict. Well, we have to be careful not to teeter on the line of legalism, but on grace. Uh, is, it seems sometimes that, that, that Christianity, if we don't know any different, can become kind of like a, like a straitjacket with all these rules and regulations, can't do this, can't do that, don't do this, don't do that. I'm saved. You know, you can take the other approach. Hey, I'm saved. I've got freedom in Christ. I'm forgetting. Let's just do whatever. No. No, Timothy Keller in his book, The Reason for God, concerning our constraint of freedom, he writes, and I think this is important, disciplines and constraints then liberate us only when they fit with the reality of our nature and capacities. He likens it to a fish. He says, a fish, because it absorbs oxygen from the water rather than air, is only free if it is restricted and limited to water. If we put it, the fish, on the grass, its freedom to move and even live is not enhanced but destroyed. The fish dies if we do not honor the reality of its nature. In many areas of life, freedom is not so much the absence of restrictions as finding the right ones, the liberating restrictions. And this is why we set our minds on the things of the Lord this is why we set our minds on the truth of Scripture. This is why we set our minds on the character of Christ, because it's within those parameters, it's within those freedoms and those liberties that we're able to live and function in a way that God has designed us as new creations and new creatures in Christ. Seek, set, verse 5. Put to death, therefore. Since he's talking to the Christian who set our hearts on the things of the Lord, put to death. Destroy, mortify, therefore, what is earthly in you. And he starts to list some of these. And we're not going to pack all of these uh, in, in its, um, specifically in, in, in nature. But he goes on to say sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. And he goes on and talk about in verse 8, put them away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth, lying, uh, lack of forgiveness, and things of that sort. So we put to death our earthly passions. We put to death. We take drastic measures to kill and mortify and put to death uh, the sin that uh, we struggle with, things that go against God's character and who he has designed us to be. To be consistently growing in our relationship with the Lord, we must be aware of who God has called us to be according to his word. We must recognize and take stock of our own heart and our own life and our own attitudes and be consistent in the confession of those things and actively repenting of those things and actively seeking accountability to not walk in those things but to walk in the holiness of the Lord. A couple years ago, I met a guy on campus here at Murray State. Uh, we were doing some outreach, some uh, survey evangelism, and he was really excited to talk about the things of the Lord. And as I got to dig a little deeper... Uh, he, was, he was living with his girlfriend. He had uh, two kids at that point. I'm not sure if it was with his girlfriend or, or someone else. Um, but he was leading worship at his church and training to be a deacon. And he was really excited to share with me some of those things. And so I found some, some con consistency issues going on. Well, on, on one hand, 
he's, he's legalistically checking the boxes and showing up at church and wanting to give leadership. But on another hand, he's not uh, being like living or, or being conscious of the fact that, that, or maybe he is conscious of the fact that it's just an act of rebellion of the things he's doing, not lining up with who he's claiming to be. And so we need to consistently be uh, growing and aware of the sin in our lives so that we can put it to death, so that we can live consistently in all areas. And by knowing God's word, we will know his standards for us when it comes to holiness. And our response to that is recognized and continually walking in an attitude of repentance. And we do this for the glory of God. It glorifies God when we live accordingly. Uh, we do this uh, in submission to his authority. We do it for our good. We do it for our growth. We do it for the betterment of others. When we're walking in holiness, other people will benefit. Uh, Jerry Bridges, uh, he has, a, has several books, but uh, two of his most popular books that are companion books, which are kind of based off Colossians 3, uh, the, um, the Practice of Godliness, and the pursuit of holiness. One of them talks to putting to death. Another one talks on uh, putting on the righteousness of Christ. And he, and he likens it to a pair of scissors. So if we have a pair of scissors, and we have each individual blade. So here's the scissor blade. Should have brought some scissors. We have the scissor blades. So one scissor blade in and of itself is useless. The other scissor blade in and of itself is useless based on how scissors are supposed to function. It's only when they are together, held together by the fulcrum, are scissors able to function in the way that they were designed to function. And that's what Jerry Bridges likens the fulcrum to. The, 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 the one scissor blade is putting to death that which belongs to our earthly nature. The other scissor blade is clothing ourselves with righteousness and Christ-like character the grace of God and the Holy Spirit is the fulcrum that holds them together so that we can, as Christ's followers, function as God has called us to function. Verse 12, put on then, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, the, the, the characteristics of Christ. We put on the characteristics of Christ just as we put to death the things of the world, so we clothe ourselves with. Clothe yourselves with these things. This takes both discipline and trust in the Lord as we submit to him. And I understand there is a, there is a strong tension. There is a strong tension. Uh, to what degree do I try hard to love well? To what degree do I try real hard to be kind and gentle and patient and compassionate and caring and not um, explode on my kids in, in anger? And, and to what degree do I, am I experiencing transformation by the Holy Spirit? And there's a tension between the sovereignty of God and our responsibility, but in the kingdom perspective, everything makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I, I liken it to a, to a sailboat in the middle of the sea. If I am in a sailboat and I'm on the lake, what is my responsibility? My responsibility is to raise the sail. I'm not responsible for the, for the wind and the provision of the wind, but if I'm not raising my sail and the wind blows, I'm still sitting stuck. So we have a responsibility, yes, to practice these things, to raise our sails, 
but we also trust the Holy Spirit of Almighty God to come and take us from point A to point B as we postured our lives around these things and as we strive to do what is in our power to do by raising ourselves. And then we trust the Lord that he will, he will move us and grow us and sanctify us and transform us into his likeness. Uh, in verse 14, it says, And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, this idea of love binding everything in perfect harmony, this does not necessarily mean our human definition of love, uh, which oftentimes, you know, what's, what's our standard of how we define love? I know we're uh, in a, cu- a culture where, where, where love is very, 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 very broad. Uh, if God, by definition of Scripture, is love, God is love, we need to define our understanding of love up against who God is, meaning Because God is love, not everything goes. Because God is love, not everything is permissible. Because God is love, he has parameters. Because God is love, he disciplines and disciples. In verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing. This idea of teaching is what to believe. Admonishing is the idea of how to live. We don't just want to teach doctrine and theology and truth. That is teaching. We also want to admonish. We also want to show one another as the body of Christ how to live, how to, how to live these things out. We don't want to just teach how to live. This is the do's and this is the don'ts. And we don't want to just teach the truth without application. We want to do both together, teaching and admonishing. Yes, we want to be about truth. We want to be about proper doctrine. We want to be about... Uh, theology, the study of who God is, coupled with admonishing in that way. And so it's always a both and, both and, teaching and admonishing, what to believe, how to live. This idea of this is our doctrine, therefore this is our deed. This is our belief, therefore this is our behavior. This is our creed, this is our conduct. And then in verse 17, he says, and whatever you do in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Whatever you do. His glory is my reward. I have a friend who who wrote a song about a missionary who had been martyred, and she had written a letter in the event of her death. And basically, the theme of that was, his glory is my reward. What is is my reward for uh, confessing and repenting of my sin? The fact that God is glorified. What is my reward for for taking my faith seriously and and sharing with others the hope that I have in Christ, in evangelism? It's because uh, his glory. And that that is our reward. It's not about us, primarily. We seek the things that are above, because Jesus is worth it. Why do we set our minds on the things of the Lord? Because Jesus is worth it. Why do we put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature? Because Jesus is worth it. Why do we put on Christ-like characteristics? Because Jesus is worth it. Uh, We've hit on uh, several areas this morning as it relates to seek, set, put, put, do, and all the implications of the, the, the text of Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And maybe you're here this morning, you're, you're stuck on that initial uh, 
if-then statement at the beginning of verse 1. If then you've been raised with Christ, and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I've been raised with Christ. I don't know if I've yet come to a place. Maybe because I have a general belief in God and I'm here at church and I try to do good, does that equate with me being a Christian? Not necessarily, as we heard in your testimony this morning. Uh, simply believing with Christianity does not necessarily mean there's been a new birth, a regenerate heart. So maybe this morning is the day that you realize that you've never come to a place of repentance confessing Christ as Savior, embracing Him. Maybe you're simply uh, drifting through mindlessly with no of the Lord, and you need to set your mind on the things of the Lord consciously. Maybe you realize there's some, there's some earthly things that, that need to be put off. Now, what is your response to uh, recognizing, confessing, repenting of, and having someone holding you accountable to some of these sin areas? Maybe you've realized there's some characteristics of the Lord that you need to put on and examine Scripture, and study the, the, the life of Christ and who He's called us to be. However the Lord is working in you, I trust that you will respond in obedience, doing everything for the glory of God, seeking the things that are above, setting your mind on things of the Lord, putting to death earthly passions, putting on the character of Christ, and doing everything for the glory of God. I'm going to pray, and then uh, if the Lord's working in your life and you need to come, Pray at this altar, or if you need to talk with Merrick or Braden, they will be here available. But regardless of how the Lord is working, I trust that you will respond in obedience. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the gift of life through Christ. Thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for uh, opportunity to come together corporately as a body of Christ and worship and fellowship and uh, be like-minded with, with one heart. I do... I thank you, Lord, for the, the tough truths of your word, and I pray that you would give us the grace to, uh, to seek the things that are of you. Lord, that we would be uh, cognizant and mindful of what we're setting our minds on, that we would posture our lives around uh, daily time with you in your word and in prayer. Lord, I pray that by your grace you would reveal to us areas of our life that are, that are sinful. Lord, that you would give us the humility uh, to recognize those things, to confess those and repent of those. I pray, Lord, that as a body of Christ, we would hold one another accountable. Lord, continue to uh, grow us in the areas of what it looks like to walk in the character of Christ and the qualities uh, that you have called us to be as your church and as Christ followers. And Lord, I do pray that in all that we do, whether at work or home or school, in our relationships, what we do in private, what we do in public. Um, Lord, may we do it all for your glory. Lord, we trust you uh, with this time together, and we pray, Lord, that we would in fact seek, set, put, put, and do for your glory and by your strength. And we pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen.